Hello, hello, this is Kim Addis. I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching, and you have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching Podcast, where we welcome guests, actually leaders from all over the world, to come onto the podcast and get coached live and in person. Today, I'm super excited to introduce to you my guest. Her name is Dr. Karen Marie Wait Faithful, and she is an emotional resilience expert. Dr. Taryn, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for that warm welcome. I'm so honored and glad to be here with you today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you in the world? What, what is an emotional resilience expert? I thought I was an emotional resilience expert. So we're going to talk. <laughs> well, in the last 14 months, I suggest that we've all become emotional resilience experts in, in some way, in some way, shape or form. Uh, I'm I'm coming to you uh, from Philadelphia today, from downtown uh, Philadelphia, in a lovely little um, co-working space slash social club called the Fitler Club. Okay. And um, yeah, I, I would suggest that we've all become emotional resilience experts in some way. You know, it's interesting. I haven't heard someone call me an emotional resilience expert before. Uh, what did you, what do you call yourself? A resilience or oh. leadership resilience okay. or resilience in leadership and in life. Okay, great. So what do you think is the difference or is there a difference? Well, it's interesting that you mention it. So, you know, my background is in neuropsychology and there's a variety of call it modalities or lenses, right? Through which you can think about human development and growth and learning and self-actualization. And one of the really foundational models is this model of cognitive behavior therapy or CBT, right? Or cognitive behavior theory. And what cognitive behavior theory says is that our cognitions or thoughts uh, coupled with our emotions or our feelings, and then our behavior or actions that we take, that they're all um, interconnected, right? So our, putting it simply, our thoughts, our feelings, and the actions or behavior that we take, it's all interconnected, right? So I would say, you know, our emotions, right, are, are very connected to our thoughts, what we think to ourselves in our minds, and then the actions that we take. I have decided intentionally to study and to examine resilience from the place of behavior. So okay. a decade and a half ago, when I was looking at, um, call it the resilience you know, literature, right? What research had been done, like any good like doctorate student at the time, right? I was doing a lit review to see right. you know, what had already been accomplished or, or contributed in the, in the field in order to contribute something new and, and meaningful. And what I found at that time was there had been a heck of a lot of research that was done on um, kind of what, what you would call like emotional resilience, right? Yeah. So our ability to um, control our emotions, right? For children to not act out. There's like that famous like um, Stanford marshmallow study. Have you seen this where they put one marshmallow yeah. in? It's hilarious. Like you got to pull it, like your listeners have to pull it up on YouTube if they haven't seen it. You know, the strategies these kids are using when the researcher leaves the room to not eat the marshmallow are just, you know, if you're having a bad day, it's beyond hilarious. It's 
it's a whole TikTok thing, thing yeah. right now. But yeah, okay, yeah, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's amazing. They do it with kids and even with dogs. Yeah, but okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so the, so there, it's it's kind of that like emotional regulation, right? Obviously, yeah. the, eating the marshmallows a behavior, but you're regulating yourself emotionally to not eat the marshmallow, so you can hopefully get another marshmallow when the person yeah. comes back, right? So that that's you know kind of emotional resilience. There's been a lot done on spirituality and the connection with resilience, environment, right? The type of environment that children grow up in and how that contributes to or detracts from their resilience, and so, and, and um, thinking or mindset, right? Like your frame of, frame of mind coaching, hello, right? So we, we know that mindset and, um, you know, frame of mind, right? And, and self-talk and all those things, tremendously important. Uh, and I felt like quite a bit of research had been done there. You know, you look at Carol Dweck's work also from right. Stanford, right? Yep. And growth mindset, that type of thing, probably a lot of your listeners are familiar with that. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to like operationalize resilience behaviorally, right? So when we face a challenge or some kind of change or complexity, right, our our para, um, our sympathetic nervous system says, okay, you've got three choices. You know, you've got fight, right. <laughs> you've got flight, and you've got freeze, right? That's like our hardwired neurobiology. And what yeah. I wanted to do was say, okay, in the words of Viktor Frankl, right, in the space between stimulus and response, what other choices do we have as our, at our disposal as humans beyond fight, flight, or freeze, right? What are the behaviors in those moments of challenge, change, and complexity we can engage in to create a more resilient, positive, or beneficial outcome? So that's how I would describe the work that I do. Very, very interesting. I think so. Um, that makes so, so, so let me kind of translate it in, in Kim language. Um, yes, it sounds like what you are saying is that we have been taught that those are three possible responses. And you're suggesting that maybe there's a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. That we don't necessarily need to flee or fight or freeze, but maybe we can breathe. That's right. I'm making right. it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that fight, flight, or freeze is necessarily a bad idea, right? I mean, there are going to be some instances where that's going to be the most kind of productive response, but relative to call it like the pandemic, right? Or, um, you know, we're, we're feeling angry or frustrated with someone or, you know, those types of things, right? Um, so often when I was asking people as a marriage and family therapist and in my work around neuropsychology, so often when I was asking people, okay, well, well why, you know, why did you act this way? Why did you make this choice? They would, they would say to me, you know, well, I, I didn't have a choice, right? And so the, the first step, I think, for us as humans, if we haven't taken the step already, and many people have, is to be empowered to recognize that we have a choice about how we respond, right? That we don't have to react, right? That there is space in that moment of stimulus, a thing happens in our response, right? And we can choose a response rather than just a reaction. So the first step is recognizing A, that we have a choice, right? And then B, what are those choices? Right. And C, what are the best choices that we can make? And I'll just add on one more element now because we're kind of building here. 
So what I've done is I've interviewed uh, hundreds of people now and collected thousands of pieces of data, asking people a simple but powerful question, which is to, to think back, right, to a time when they faced challenge, change, or complexity. And what did they do? What did they believe that they did that led to a more resilient, positive, beneficial outcome that led to them effectively addressing that moment. And as a result of collecting, you know, those thousands of pieces of data and interviewing hundreds of people, what that's given rise to is the five practices of particularly resilient people. So to your point, Kim, those, those five other things that we can do that are now shown to have a connection between creating a more resilient outcome. So now I want to know what those five things are. Um, and I'm not sure if we should do this on this podcast or if we should reschedule you for an, a return visit where we dive into your expertise. What do you want to do? Well, I'm, I'm always glad to come back for an encore if you would okay. like. So okay. that, well, I do, I do want to hear more about those five things and I want to talk about resilience. But today we're going to talk about your challenge because it is the Frame of Mind Coaching Podcast where we coach leaders live and in person. So would you be okay at this point in sharing with us what is your current biggest challenge? Yeah, I love that. So in in full transparency, I realized that we were going to do coaching right before we started, uh, started this podcast, which is great. So I didn't have time to really uh, rethink things or, or get nervous about it. I just, you know, went with the first answer, which in my opinion is often the best answer. Um, so what, what I love about this conversation that we're about to embark on is so many people think that because I've done all this work on resilience and I have the psychology background that I have it all figured out. So <laughs> let us disabuse you of this notion. I know I that have. feeling. Yes. So Kim, you're going to help me figure it out today, which Let's is such go. a treat. Such a treat. Um, so what's coming up for me is I am grappling with the challenge of never feeling like I have enough time. So uh, I have two children of my own, three additional children through marriage, bonus children. For those of you that are keeping track at home, that's five children. Uh I've got, I'm the CEO of, you know, my own company, Chief Resilience Officer, Resilience Leadership Institute, and I'm navigating, you know, what it means to run a corporation with employees, uh, write a book, uh, you know, create social media posts, um, get to meet wonderful people like you on podcasts, um, do, you know, sort of client prospecting meetings, give keynotes, uh, my own clients with executive coaching, uh, consulting that I'm doing for large organizations. I get it. Yeah. So stop there. Uh, um, and You're, you are me. I also have five kids. No. Um, two of my own and three that came in through marriage. Stop it. That's amazing. Yeah. I just think I'm a little older than you. So I have a few years under my belt, probably, that I could share with you. You're a thousand percent not older than me. Oh, I'm way older than you. No, you're not. What, what do you want to? What do you want to? We, we could make bets on that. What do you want to wager? 
Oh man, I'm ready to wager a hundred bucks on that one. You are? Okay. All right. At the count of three, we're going to say our age. Ready? hundred bucks. hundred bucks. hundred bucks. All right. Virtual handshake. Virtual handshake. Okay. There we go. All right. Ready? One, yeah. two, three, 42. 52. No, come on. There you go. No, Kim. <laughs> I'm 52. I owe you a hundred bucks, but you owe me the name of your face creams. Oh, well, we could talk about that. We could talk about that. We'll do that <laughs> off air. But let's just go back to your issue. This is so fun. Okay. Um, yes. So all the things, right? And so one thing that I wanted to surface was like, what the heck's going on, right? Do I not know how long it takes to get ready? Do I not know how long it takes to work out? Do I not know how long it's going to take to write a book? Like, am I over committing myself? Am I under estimating how long things take? What is going on? Okay, so we're going to dig into that in one second. I just want to tell the audience one thing. I am not a betting person. I, I don't endorse betting, except when I'm absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, sure. So this is not a podcast that will encourage you to bet. Please do not do that. Do not gamble the way Kim Do not gamble. I just lost not $100. Gamble. Don't gamble. I, I just knew. I just knew. Um, okay. So back to your issue of uh, time. So here's a question for you. What happens to you when you feel like you don't have enough time? Like in other words, what happens to you on a personal emotional scale how, how do you interact with people when you feel rushed? How do you feel about your parenting, about your ability to lead? Like, how are you doing all the things you're doing? Are you satisfied with your performance? Are you satisfied with your relationships? Are you satisfied with yourself? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, no. <laughs> so let me tell you how I'm not satisfied. Um, I'm a very, I'm a very calm person. One of my strengths, which we know uh, strengths can be overused and become weaknesses. One of my strengths is to really maintain a very calm outward facade. So even inside when I'm like sort of freaking out and like, oh my gosh, like outwardly, I'll be like, okay, children, now we need to get into the car. But inside I'm like, oh my God, we're going to be late. I'm going to be behind the whole day. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, so inside I feel like if we just focus on the somatization, right. I feel anxious. I feel scared. I feel frustrated. I feel frustrated that like things aren't moving as fast as I want them to move, or I thought they should move, or I thought I should move. It, it all comes down at the end of the day, Kim, like e even if I like get up, you know, like get upset, like if I, if, you know, I go to my partner and, and I say, um, and, and I'm like frazzled and I'm like, you know, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And I'm going to need to get back on my computer after dinner or something. It, it all comes back to like, I feel disappointed with myself. Cause I'm like, oh, like how, how did I miss this again? Like, yeah. how, like what's the right formula and, and, and how come I like every sort of equation I do, like I keep getting it wrong. Okay. So first of all, I just want to tell you, I wish I could kind of go, go through this screen and give you a big hug because you are like the epitome of the exact type of person we coach, like even the language you're using. And I, I'm going to share that in a brief moment. But here's the thing. You don't have a time issue. Why you and I, we have the same amount of time. We have the same amount of time as 
every other human being in the world with more or less responsibility, it doesn't really matter. We have the same amount of time. So what you really have, and I will say it in my language, is that you have a thinking problem. Mm. And so when, when I ask you like what happens, you say, I feel disappointed with myself. And so if I dig a little deeper, I'm going to take a guess and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You feel disappointed with yourself because you think you should have it all figured out. You think you should do a better job. You think you should figure out a formula that works. You think you should be able to do all those things that you listed before. I should be more perfect. I should be better. You should be more perfect. And, and so it starts with that. And when we think we should be more perfect, what do we do? We get even calmer. We tie ourselves up in a greater knot. Mm-hmm. We try as hard as we can to increase our control right? To cram in more, to be more effective, more efficient, to now right. start timing our, the amount of time it takes to do our hair and put on our eyeliner and say, wow, it, you know, and we start, we start, you know, looking at our performance as a function of our value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the, the, the problem begins is how we think about what we should be able to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who we are if we're not doing all those things. Mm-hmm. So that's the beginning point. But that kind of thinking actually creates a bottleneck for us. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is thinking problems are not really about, sorry, time problems are not really about time. Time problems are, are, are really about our ability to leverage the resources around us. Mm-hmm. And even before we're able to leverage the resources We need to be able to see them and notice that they are even available to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you gave me this whole long list of things that you do, I'm like, yep, personally, I can relate to every single one of them because they're on my list too. And for the longest time, the longest time I beat myself up Mm. because in my mind, this company should be bigger. We should be serving more people. We should be attaining more reach. All the should be's. And what do the should be's mean? I'm failing. Mm-hmm. And if I'm such an expert, I should have figured this out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But, but here's the thing is that what you're actually doing is setting yourself up for this state of chronic satisfaction, sorry, chronic dissatisfaction. Indeed. Indeed. Right. And so the question becomes, okay, so what do I want to achieve? What are my priorities? And if I want to achieve all this other stuff and I remove myself from the equation, how do I get it done? Now you're solving a different problem. Mm -hmm. You're not solving the problem of Taryn's efficiency. Mm-hmm. you're solving a math problem. And that requires a different function of the brain. That says, if I can't do any of this stuff and this stuff needs to get done, how would I go about doing it? And now what is it that I personally want to take care of? Because it's humanly impossible for me to have all this on my plate and do every one of it well. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we need to think about our tasks differently. 
not about our time differently, not about our efficiency differently. Mm-hmm. We need to think about how we leverage the resources around us. Mm-hmm. Because whenever someone says, I don't have enough time, what they're really saying is, I'm not thinking about solutions well enough. I'm mm-hmm. not being creative enough. I have a set of beliefs that prevent me from letting go of some of these responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I have a set of beliefs that found something like, I'm the only one who could do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm the expert. I can't, I can't hand this stuff off. Mm-hmm. And that's what's slowing you down. It's not actually time. Got it. Does this make sense? Yes. So now I can not feel bad anymore about time. I'll just feel bad about my ability to be creative and delegate. Well, I don't want you to feel bad at all because I don't think feeling <laughs> bad helps you achieve your goals. Right. But, but you know, the, the bright light in this is that there are solutions that you're mm-hmm. simply not accessing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. your beliefs say those are not accessible to me. I mm-hmm. can't tap into them. Mm-hmm. And so what I'll do instead is I'll push harder. I'll push mm-hmm. through. I'll be better. And anytime you're not as good as you want to be, what happens? You beat yourself up. Right. And that right. formula is guaranteed to fail. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just add on to what you're sharing, Kim, if I may, for uh, your listeners one of my favorite, we, we said the word should a lot earlier. And one of my favorite quotes you may know from the late Albert Ellis, a psychologist, where when his clients and patients would come to him and they would say should, right? It, it sort of represents this, this schism or this gap between the reality of where I am and where I imagine I ought to be. Right. And he would say to his clients, you're shooting all over yourself. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and you're not maybe doing that out loud because you know better, but on the inside, you're doing it. I'm a thousand percent doing it on the inside. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and so we want to catch that. And then we want to say, okay, fine. I accept that some of this stuff needs to be handled differently than I'm currently handling it. What are my options? Mm -hmm. Right now you're not even considering options Mm because what you're sure of is that you are the one that needs to be, should be doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm like looking off to the side of my to-do list, like, okay, how can I think about this differently? Right. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that was valuable. I hope that, that gave fun. you some things to think about. And when we're offline, I can share some personal tactics of um, managing a blended family with five kids and growing a business and getting older and having aging parents and, 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 yes, I'm looking great when you're doing it. That's right. Yeah. Well, that'd, be, that'd be wonderful. It's so nice. What a, what a treat can to receive this, this focus and attention, you know, where people uh, like you and me are um, always giving so much of ourselves. So what a, what a treat to receive this from you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. For those of you who are listening, I want to share something very interesting with you. I often define our ideal clients as people who have four things in common, or or rather they are very high achievers who struggle in four key areas. 
I'm going to define those areas. Number one, they feel a sense of isolation because they have a huge amount of responsibility on their shoulders and they feel the pressure of that responsibility and they need to get it done and they need to get it done quickly and they feel a huge weight that sits on their shoulders alone. The second thing is that they have sometimes strain in their relationships because they feel that other people don't understand them. They feel that other people don't move as fast as they do. They feel like they other people don't understand their mission and that the 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 world around them doesn't necessarily make it easy for them to get to where they want to go. Number three is they have a sense of chronic dissatisfaction. They think they should be much further ahead. They think they should be moving faster. They think they should be achieving the goals that they set out to get to. And they don't understand why things are so hard or why things are taking so long. And last but not least, it's a term that I call slippage. I made it up. And what I see is that these leaders tend to let important things slip through the cracks. Things like their health, their sleep, their nutrition, their exercise, their friendships, their downtime, even time spent with family. So these are the four areas that I see recurring over and over again in terms of the challenges that our clients experience. In today's episode, Dr. Taryn shared with us really one of these key areas of chronic dissatisfaction the feeling like she should be moving further ahead, that things are taking too long. She wants to speed up and she has this massive list of things on her plate to take care of. And she doesn't understand why she can't quite figure it out. And what we revealed was that, you know, her challenge wasn't really a time challenge. Her challenge was a thinking challenge. First, with this shoulding concept, with this shoulding idea that she thinks that she should be able to get all this stuff done and raise five kids and be in a relationship and look as good as she does. The second piece of it is, is that when we feel that we have a challenge with time, I always want to push back and say, actually, we have a problem with our thinking about the resources we're accessing in order to achieve the goals we want to achieve. This was very much the same issue. When we have all this list of things to do, look at that list and ask yourself, do I need to be doing all of these things? Are there some things that I could be outsourcing? Are there some things that don't need to be done at all? Are they the best use of our time as a company at all? And if so, are there more efficient methods to get it done if I were to remove myself from the equation completely? Karen, thank you so much for being on the show with us. I would love to talk to you again about uh, not emotional resilience, just resilience, and dig into that a lot more. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. For those of you who are listening, if you have a challenge that you want to share on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. If you have a challenge that you're not so willing to share on the podcast, please reach out to me as well. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Mm-hmm.